evening coming to you live from Houston, Texas, and Southern California. This is Chandra Perdue. We are on the Unfiltered with Car Jones Unlimited LLC podcast, and I'd like to welcome you all in the room. Thank you for joining us tonight. We are so very excited to travel all the way across, we'll just say the state of Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, into Southern California, to Sang and Sarah. How are you? I am doing well this evening. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for accepting my invitation. It's been a long time coming, girl, because it's like I was telling you, I first learned of you before I left home. You know, we're both from Northern California, the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Might as well say Oakland. Okay. And um, I first learned of you before I left in 2010. You were singing doing background vocals, and I thought that was you on the organ, but you have politely corrected me or informed me, you know, but you were, you know, doing the circuit around the back. That's right. So it's wonderful to have found you on Facebook a couple years ago. I've been watching you in the background. You know how we do. Yes. But I've been keeping up, keeping up. So tell me, Sarah, Everybody on your page probably already knows, but the people, you know, that follow Car Jones, Car Jones Unlimited, the podcast, they don't know who you are, possibly. So who is saying Sarah and how does she get her start in the music industry? Uh, well, again, thank you for having me. Sang and Sarah is a singer, songwriter, vocal arranger and producer, a mother, uh, a consultant, a teacher, a bunch of different things. I got my start like so many of us in the black church. My dad was a pastor in Oakland and um, I started singing in church. And my sister, uh, Lynette Williams, affectionately known as Hammond Gal, played the organ and the piano. And that's where we got started. It took me a long time to come around to wanting to do music professionally. Um, I was actually in my 20s when I decided to pursue music, but I started in church. That's how I got my start, in the Baptist church, the That's Southern it. Baptist church. That's right? it. In, Southern, in um, San Francisco. So let's just be clear. I tell, you know, a lot of artists that I meet, you know, you know where a lot of this comes from. It comes from the, the roots of gospel, right? Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of this comes from. So I heard you mention a couple of things. Um, you are an educator, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you teach and where do you teach? Where have you teach? Um, I teach chorus and I oh. teach in, uh, I started in nonprofits. I started with a community choir in San Francisco. Um, I currently teach in uh, San Francisco Unified School District Elementary Schools. Um, I'm with an organization called SF Arts Ed that brings artists into the classroom uh, to teach in their discipline, and mine is chorus. Um, and I also am a vocal coach, so I have private students as well. Wow, wow, wow. Well, you know, I am a product of the San Francisco Unified School District from elementary school all the way through 
high school. I am an Indian, graduate of Lowell um, High School. And so I am happy to hear that you are giving back to the system that helped me to be great. Yes. <laughs> you know, so you went there, you went great. to school in San Francisco too, right? I did. I did. I went to uh, a little school called French American International School. I know um, that school. Yep, it's right there on Oak Street now. When I was there many years ago, it was up okay. on uh, Fail, um, or excuse me, Hayton uh, Buchanan. So it's moved. We actually moved in my senior year. So I okay. was in the inaugural senior class for that new building. But yep, I have okay. roots in San Francisco for sure. Absolutely. So part of the Francais? Un peu. Un peu. Oh, I can get a taxi in France. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Well, this is good. You know, you're going to need it. Have you been to France yet? Because I know you've been. I have. I have. Paris is still my favorite city. Uh, oh, my, my favorite city in the whole world. I'm going to just ride your coattail next time. <laughs> Come on and go with me. As soon as they let I'll us back my in. my microphone. Try to bring a crew. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. As soon as they open the doors. As soon as they open the doors. So, you got your start, Sarah. In the Baptist church. That's right. A PK like me. My dad was also a preacher. He wasn't a pastor, but he was a preacher. And, you know, your bio, I did share you guys on my Car Jones Unlimited um, business page on Facebook today. But I, I see where you say that you started singing at the age of two and you studied classical, gospel, and jazz. That's right. At Dartmouth College. Where is Dartmouth College? I've heard of it. Where is it? It is in Hanover, New Hampshire. It's clear on the other yeah. side of the country. Well, you know, you're right up there close to the Berkeley School of Music, too. So my sister was actually at Berkeley School of Music while I was at Dartmouth. So we spent a lot of time together. What's the distance between the two um, schools, you know, by driving hours, so to speak? Two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing I loved about living on the East Coast. I used to live in New York and then in D.C., Arlington, Virginia. Everything is just a toll away mm -hmm. or an Amtrak ride. You know what I'm saying? Just pay the toll, keep you some money because the tolls are not like at home, $5 to cross the Bay Bridge. No, you might pay one, two, thirteen, twenty-four. 24, right? <laughs> That's right. Right. So when you went to Dartmouth College, what did you go there? What was your major? English. Nothing to do with music. Uh, I was a director of the gospel choir, um, part of a senior thesis pro project, um, but that was pretty much it for music. I did not want to do music growing up. Really? Really? So really? how did you fall into this wonderful music career that you have now outside of the education sector? by happenstance um so growing up i always said i didn't want to do music that was lynette's thing i'm not a musician you know i studied i trained but i was not a musician and in 2003 my father passed away um uh, unexpectedly and um it was at that time a couple things happened in 2003 my father passed away and i had my daughter so two very big life events back to back um and it was then that I started to reflect on what my different passions might be and realizing that life is short 
um, and that a lot of what was holding me back was actually fear. It didn't have anything to do with not really wanting to be in music. I just didn't think that I could do it. I didn't think I was good enough. And so I started thinking, man, I, I might actually want to try this thing at singing, but I didn't know how to get started. Um, and, you know, I met people like, like Stabe, um, other musicians in the Bay Area. I started hanging out more with my sister. She was still in the Bay Area at the time and going to like her gigs and stuff. And I started singing on the scene a little bit. Um, and then in 2005, I got a call from a friend of mine, Nicole Caldwell, who was singing with Lettucey at the time. And she said, uh, Lettucey has this show at Yoshi's. She needs another singer. Do you want to do it? Um, and I was like, sure, yeah, of course. I was a leadhead, like I would go to her show, so I was a fan. Right. Um, so Me I was like, too. yeah, absolutely. I didn't know anything about professional background singing, though, nothing. Um, but I went in, uh, I, I studied, <laughs> I gave my best, and um, as they say, the rest is history. I've been with her ever since. Since 2005? Since 2005, yeah. Girl. I can't even tell you how many times I have paid to go to Yoshi <laughs> and just sit there, stand, dance, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you landed a gig that has lasted over 15 years with celebrity music, artist, songwriter, lettuce. That's right. From the Bay Area. From the Bay Area. Also from the Bay Area. That's right. And you didn't know her before then. I didn't know her before then. Um, oh. You know, I tell people all the time, especially in industries like the music industry, you know, people are watching you, whether you know it or not. And so you have to really carry yourself um, with respect, with integrity, you know, carry yeah. yourself well because this industry is all about word of mouth. Um, it is all about who you know and you never know when you're going to get a call. And I had no experience as a background singer. Um, wow. And that's an oh, art wow. unto itself. I had no experience. But because um, a friend had seen me, because Nicole had seen me and believed that I could do it, um, she gave me a call. And that was my my first entrance into the professional side of this business. Salute. Salute. I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I mean, it's like, I remember you singing background at Max Lips. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I might have even seen you at Q. Oh, you definitely Q's? saw me at Q. Down in Jack London Square. <laughs> yeah, they gave me a they gave me a, a start as well. Like shout out to Q's Lounge at Everton Q's Jones Lounge. in Oakland because Michael they gave Michael Absolutely, Dante McClinton. Dante, oh my God, Dante McClinton! I forgot him. I've been gone from home for so long. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to forget. You know the scene, as you say, the yes. musicians, the artists. Oh my God. Yeah, but Q's gave so here, many of us a platform. Yep. <laughs> but they gave so many it. of us a platform so shout out to Q's yeah shout out to Q's and Yoshi um, let me fast forward so you you did the background thing with Lettucey mm -hmm. but this this awesome um, CV curriculum vitae resume that you sent me this bio 
says that you also are a vocal arranger and producer. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. And a songwriter. So how did all that come into the mix? Um, once I started singing backgrounds, I realized that I have a passion for them. I love them. They are a very specific art form um, trying to mold your voice to support somebody else's. And, um, you know, I really grew into it. And uh, artists gave me the opportunity to um, arrange vocals for their live shows. Um, that has parlayed into um, some background vocal arranging and recording on um, projects. I uh, just did some work with Daryl Anders and Agape Soul here in the Whoa. Bay Area. Um, mm -hmm. They released an album, Conversations, a couple of years ago that mm -hmm. um, I did the arrangements, the background vocal arrangements for um, about 90% of that album. We actually just released another single um, wow. called Bulletproof last week. Um, and so I did wow. all of the, and it features Tommy Sims on the vocals. Um, and I produced and arranged all the backgrounds for that as well. So it's just kind of grown out of a passion. Um, okay. I had been songwriting for about the last 10 years, but very quietly, very secretly. Um, and Lettucey and I have been writing together for many years, but nothing ever made the cut. Nothing that I wrote ever made the cut. Until this album, she just released an album, The Wild Card, back in August. Yeah. And I was blessed to co-write two songs on that album, which I'm really excited about, really proud of. Um, so just all of these different parts of the same gift have been manifesting and God has just been opening up doors um, for, you know, and just allowing my gifts to make room. And I'm just grateful. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The Bible does say your gifts will make room for you. And God has definitely continued to open progressive doors for you. That's progressive right. doors, you know, and it's like, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that you didn't set out to do what you're doing, to sing, to arrange vocals, to do, you know, backgrounds, whatever, to write. But as you fell into it, you develop your craft, but you even more so develop a passion. That's right. That is so important. You know, and I think that in whatever you do, like there's art in everything. You know, if you are a computer programmer, if you flip burgers at McDonald's, if you are an attorney, there is art in everything. And I think that finding your passion helps you see that art. And um, it's just so important to to find it. I think that a lot of people um, are stuck in jobs that they don't have passion for. And you just, you have to find it. And it doesn't have to be something that is stereotypically artistic for there to be art, but you just have to figure out what you're supposed to do and then build the beauty in that. Thank you. Thank you so much for um, elaborating because when I mentioned that you found your passion in the arts, what I was about to say and will say is this. We all know that if you love what you're doing, if you find something that you love to do, you will do better in a career in that area. 
You know, I was just listening to a sermon by, um, I told you I'm stuck on Pastor, Lord has me with Pastor Jamal Bryant right now mm-hmm. out of at New Birth in Atlanta. I've been listening to his sermons for my morning devotion. And there, you know, he reminded me of something we're here all the time. You just said it. If you're in a job that you don't like, you feel stuck. We all need a job for our livelihood or income for survival. But, you know, my biggest thing is this. I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. And so, you know, when I when I counsel clients, I said to them who came to me behind depression, anxiety with, you know, their careers. Are you happy? Do you enjoy going there every day? If not, I'm not saying quit your day job. Don't quit your job if you got one. Because they're hard to come by, especially during this pandemic. Am I right? Absolutely. Okay. But you can start researching and seeking and applying. Yes. For other opportunities. Absolutely. So, you know, like you, how did you segue as an English major going into a nonprofit and teaching vocals? I have, uh, I've had a really interesting journey. I've done a lot of different things. I have worked in retail management. I have been a real estate appraiser. I have been a director of operations. I have been an admin. Um, The way that I segued into uh, background singing in a more full-time capacity is that I lost my job as a real estate appraiser. The market crashed and I was working for World Savings Bank who was one of the last banks to have a full staff of appraisers. In 2000, what, eight, nine? 2008, that's it. That's when I went to the U.S. Senate. Senator Feinstein brought me there. I was working on my MPA. And because of the crash, and I was a realtor mm-hmm. and a finance person at the time. So you, I remember World Savings Bank. You that's know? right. And you were an appraiser there. I was an appraiser for you World Savings. I think actually... Oh my God, I think there was actually a transaction that I might have done a closing on that you had appraised. I'm serious. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Sarah Williams. If it was out of the Oakland office, it was me. Oh my God. Small world. Small three world. Separation, not six, three. Wow. So you lost your job at World Savings mm-hmm. as a real estate appraiser. Yep. And what happened? In that same year, I had been. Um, Singing with Let Us See very sporadically since 2005, but literally right after I lost my job, she asked me to go on tour with her. Um, and so it just, like, God just opened a door because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have this, you know, five year old daughter, like, I have this young child and I just lost my job. What am I going to do? And she asked me to go on tour with her. Um, and so a door just opened. Um, and so I'd been touring and working with her ever since. But, you know, I want to say this also, I I think it's important that we realize we also don't have to be one dimensional because we as, you know, and, you know, not to toot our own horn, but especially as black people, we are good at so many different things. Um, And so, you know, I was singing and uh, doing music full time, but it still felt like something was missing. Um, And I also have a passion for, Uh, for youth, particularly in the city of San Francisco, and I have a passion for back office work that helps an organization to run. 
Um, and so I also do some consulting work uh, for uh, City of San Francisco nonprofits. So there's a whole nother side of me that um, is not specific to music, but it's still me and it's still passion. So I just think it's important to note that you can do multiple things and have the same level of passion for more than one thing and that's okay in fact that's great because that also opens up more streams of income if you do it right uh, but you know I've just been sort of bringing it all together I started I mentioned before I started uh, teaching community choirs in San Francisco through the Mo right. Magic organization out of the public defender's office um, what the public defender how wait 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 slow your roll slow your roll slow your roll how does teaching music tie into a public defender's office? So the Mo Magic program came out of the public defender's office back in 2005. Um, and my oldest sister, Cheryl Davis, was the director of that program. And the public defender at that time, Jeff Adachi, may he rest in peace, um, was a huge proponent and a huge advocate for um, the African-American community in San Francisco, particularly those who are most disenfranchised. And, you know, he kept seeing cases come through his office um, and he's looking at these cases come through his office and realizing um, that black, black youth are being disproportionately affected. And what are we doing about it instead of continuously putting them in jail? And so he and uh, Director Davis collaborated to come up with the Mo Magic program. And then also there's a B Magic program. Mo Magic runs out of the Fillmore district and okay. B Magic is in the Bayview Hunters Point neighborhood. And they okay. um, work to bring organizations, community-based organizations together to collaborate on programming, resources, events, all different things for the, um, the youth who participate in these programs. One of the things that we did was develop um, a community course uh, because you know we recognize how important the arts are in the development of our children and arts are being stripped from schools at an alarming right. rate so this was an opportunity to build up a love and a capacity for music um, in our youth so we had the mo magic youth corral um, and we did that for about 10 years, you know, I watched my kids wow. grow up. Yeah. Um, and then I started um, doing a chorus through an uh, organization called Handful Players, which also runs out of San Francisco. And it's an arts based organization. Um, and they bring artists in to do different into different nonprofits to um, do things like theater, uh, dance, wow. puppetry, and chorus um, with me in their uh, after-school programs. Um, from there, the director of that program recommended me uh, to SF Arts Ed, who brings art into the San Francisco Unified School District, and they really focus on the schools that don't have uh, full-time art teachers in the mm. in the classroom. So I teach chorus, they have visual artists who teach in the schools, they have dancers, they have um, sewers, you know, a little bit of everything. And the schools can contract to have these artists come in. So this is my second year with uh, the school that I'm at in the fall. Um, and then we talked about Guadalupe, um, yeah, which this uh, coming spring, if I'm back with them, would be my third year. Wow, wow. Well, you know, I got to give a shout out to Guadalupe <laughs> Elementary School because I did attend there. 
And yes. that is where I I started, um, where I learned to start, learn to play <laughs> my first string instrument, the violin. So shout out to Guadalupe. Hey, Guadalupe. Yes, Lord. And you know, Sarah, thank you because, you know, I try to um, remind people, I'm going to use the word remind. Um, we can be multidimensional. We can be multifaceted. And I know, like my mother, she's one of the main ones. I hope she's watching this podcast tonight. Um, you know, she'll just say to me, you just all over the place. You're doing too much. But, you know, I think the more I delve into the counseling field, the field of counseling that I now work in, people who have an artistic, A-R-T-I-S-T-I-C, artistic nature, are multi-dimensional. Mm -hmm. We don't operate on one plane. Mm -mm. It's like, I try to tell people, I'll give you a good example. You tell me if I'm wrong. On my Instagram, okay? It says counseling. <laughs> it says Cardone's Eliminate Performing Arts. It says Eliminate Chronicles. It says podcasts. On my... <laughs> Oh, how many snaps? Oh, and I'm not, I'm not giving props to myself. All I'm doing is trying to make a point. I am interested in a lot of things, just like you and so many other people. I have trained in a lot of fields, just like you and so many other people. And that doesn't make me unbalanced or unfocused. I actually know that it is a gift that God had to give to us to be able to function like this and do, I'm going to say, well, yeah. and to keep progressing, progressing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I'm always sharing that to encourage somebody who may be watching this um podcast recording, the visual part, or who may hear it later on one of the various radio platforms that I'll share it to under my podcast form. Be happy. You are blessed if you are multidimensional. Absolutely. In fact, when I was only focusing on one thing, I felt unbalanced. So yes. it was like something was always missing, something was always off kilter. Off so kilter. it's important to oh. feed those different parts of yourself, you know? You have to feed everything that you are, you know? And that doesn't mean, I think where we get confused is when we try to delve into stuff that is not for us, right? Like I use this example all the time, I'm not a dancer. You know what I mean? I'm not a dancer. I can keep a beat and two-step, but I am not a dancer. So if you see me, at the auditions to be Beyonce's dancer, tell me to go home because that's not my gift. And I think that's where we fail is operating outside of our gifts. So it's important to figure out what are your gifts and then feed those. Okay, so I have to go get my glasses. And everybody knows when I pull out my glasses, there's something going on for real, for real. I'm focusing for real with all four of these eyes. There's probably eight of them by now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I put my glasses on, baby, is because you said a word right there. When 
I am, I'm going to say, limited. And not by my own doing, but limited by external forces to only work in one realm. I'm not a happy camper. I'm not a happy camper. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, at, I'm almost 55. If I make it to December 17th, I'll be 55. And I have enjoyed my prior career of finance accounting for 30 plus years. But when I got to counseling and this performing arts company, right about the same time, it was like a part of me that had been suppressed. That's it. For probably two decades. Just my spirit lifted. That's it. And as much as my mama most days would want me to let all this go, I can't. I was made for this. My life, your life, our journeys has equipped us to be in the field of arts and entertainment. Okay, I've worked in education too. Okay, from the administrative side. And I taught in the Montgomery Public School District as a sub. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Okay, I've worked in the UC system by where I graduated, you know. But um, I just want people to be encouraged because you, you know, you're parenting and you are raising a child and you are a professional providing service in all these different areas. You're touring the world, the globe. You would let us see and other artists. You're also doing backgrounds for who else? Rasan Patterson, who else? Yeah, Dave Hollister. Um, I've been oh with Dave God. for almost as long as I've been with Lettucey for about 12 years now. Um, I worked with Rasan Patterson over the last year. That's been great. He is awesome, super fun. Uh, in Dombey, um, in the past, I have worked with Anita Wilson. Shout out, hey, sis. I love yeah, Anita Wilson. Anita yeah, I love singing oh with God. her. Um, so I've sung with her, I think, three times now. I love her. Um, I had the opportunity um, to sing with Stevie Wonder some years back. I've had the opportunity to sing what? with Jennifer Holliday. So a oh. lot of a lot of opportunities uh, that I'm super grateful for. You see me? I'm sitting here flipping my hair, trying to get my hair. My eyes are going crazy. What was it like to sing with Stevie Wonder? Um, it was great. He actually did a show at the Oracle Arena um, some years back. And again, it's so important how you treat people and how you carry yourself because it's always about somebody else um, seeing you and giving you opportunities. Uh, and a friend of mine, Kamaria Jones, called me and said, hey, Stevie needs some singers for this show um, in Oakland. You want to do it? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so we... Um, we sang with Stevie Wonder at the Oracle Arena, and it was amazing. Look at God. Look at God. Yeah. Always working in your favor. Always. Always. And on one of the biggest stages in Oakland. Yeah, it was know, my I'm first a, time being on that. an arena stage, so that was amazing. I'm going to call it the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> That's it. It is. Right. So your mama named it the Coliseum. It's the Coliseum. <laughs> I'm going back in the day, girl, because we, you know, we used to go to the Oakland Coliseum. We went to the right Coliseum. You read the, about um, it. Coliseum Bart Station. <laughs> <laughs> right? Off of, what is that, around 
Um, they used to call it East 14 International, International. Then it was Coliseum mm. Boulevard, Kagenberger Road. Yeah, my grandma lived around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and remember back in the day, MC Hammer had his studio. Mm-hmm. Not far from there, where was it going along the estuary? Oh my God. Now you're going back oh, back. Oh, now you remember. You're going back back. Don't play. Don't play. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, girl. We're from the Bay, the Yay area. Yay, the yay. area. The O, okay? <laughs> so, oh my God. God has just really opened a lot of doors for you. You know, so many wonderful opportunities. Yeah, I'm super grateful. You I'm said something grateful. that I want to reiterate, if I may. Certainly. You know, they say that you only have one time to make a lasting impression or a first impression. And likewise, you said something that's very true. You never know who's watching you. It's not always it like in, in your, um, the example that you just gave where people had heard of you, had seen you perform, heard you perform, heard of your work, right, your craft, and they invite you to work. It may also be that someone is watching you and you are encouraging them. You are, as we learned in public administration, when I was getting my master's in public administration, you are modeling the way for them. Yeah. Yes, right. You know, and so I try to um, encourage, one my calling is to encourage and exhort. And I try to encourage people all the time. Yeah. Pay attention to you. Because yeah. when you go out your house and you think you're just don't, going down to the corner store or the supermarket, you might be going to church, you might be going to work. You do not no, you might be on social media. Let's use this social Ooh. media platform for a minute. Is, is the president watching? <laughs> Don't go there on this podcast. Don't you do? Don't if you? If anybody do. can learn this lesson, he can. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not participating in that that conversation. <laughs> she went there, not me, y'all. Don't even say it. I'm did. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right, but I understand what you're saying. But especially, you know, now that we are in this pandemic, we don't know how long it's going to last. And um, we are social distancing. And so if you weren't using Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch and all this other stuff, right? Before the pandemic, you're using it now, I bet you. It's like Zoom. Zoom blew up. We've been using Zoom in the corporate world Mm -hmm. for how many years? And now it's like everywhere. Everywhere. But be careful. Because how you portray yourself on social media is also important. That's right. The person that you portray yourself to be, how you behave, how you dress, how you talk, how you interact with people. I don't care. Y'all think it's private. You put it on friends. Oh, honey, we don't own Facebook. Mm-mm. Mark Zuckerberg owns Facebook. And so... You do not have full control of these platforms, okay? And as we know, you know, my sister works in HR. Companies, employers, potential employers have access to all of this. And so we need to always portray ourselves in a light 
that is respectable and respectful. That's right. That is right. Because you might miss out on a potential opportunity just because, not just on Facebook, but in, in, in you know in the virtual world, but in real life, somebody see you act out of character. And we all step out of character. I know I do. We can step out of character. But some, the wrong person might see you mm -hmm. step out of character at what could have been the right time. Yep. And then that opportunity is gone. But I think also it's important when you do step out of character, because you're right. We all have days. I mean, I have days where I'm just not myself. It's important how you remedy that. What do you do afterwards? Do you just pretend like nothing ever happened? Or do you apologize? Do you go to make it right? All of that is important. And that is true. Apology is very important. And for acceptance of apology and forgiveness, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm clear, I'm quick to say, and my mama will remind you, she'll, you know, you know, she'll, she'll be like, cosign, yeah. I, I, I apologize and I forgive. But it takes me a while to forget sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I'm just going to be real with it. I'm going to keep it 100. You know, and I hope that, you know, we do these things in sincerity. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing. Be sincere. Yep. Try to be sincere. But we're not going to go into counseling today. We're talking music. <laughs> it's all <laughs> tied together. It's all dimensional. <laughs> so what I want to know, this project that I've been listening to, because, you know, I'm telling you, you need some more music. Yes. Because, I mean, I can listen to Hello Reality in my sleep. I just about know all the lyrics, okay? <laughs> I love it. Thank and you, you. you were serious. What motivated you or inspired you to write the song, <laughs> your single, Hello Reality? It's so funny. It, I actually wrote the words to that song some years back. I want to say in around 2012. And I was having a really bad, like, three months. Like, everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And on this particular day, I don't even, that's the funny part. I don't even remember what happened, but something happened, and I was just, like, at wit's end. Like, I, it just snapped. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my mind if I don't do something. And so I sat down, and I started writing those words. And I was just like, getting it out. I'm just writing, 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 writing. And so I wrote those lyrics with this really uh, terrible melody in mind. And I wrote it out and I recorded it and it was awful. But the words, the sentiments of the words were true. And so I kept coming back to it over the years and changing the melody. I kept coming back and changing it. And I, I, a lot of times I write with no music. I write first and then have the music built around what I wrote. So I kept coming back to it. And then a couple of times I sent it to someone. I said, Hey, I had this idea a few years ago, take a stab at it, see what you come up with. And then I didn't like it. So <laughs> I would like shelve it. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, I came back to it again. And I said, man, I think I was having another bad day. And I came back to it and I said, man, this song really just embodies what I feel like on those days, and it's almost a parody, like when everything seems so bad, all you can really do is exaggerate it and then make fun of it. Like, 
I like I really have been acting like the whole world is ending and it's something as silly as you know a, a ticket you know like a ticket is not the end of the world but when you're having a bad day it feels like the end of the world right and right. so I came back to it and I re-recorded it I heard it differently in my head um here in my late 30s than I did in my late 20s and I took it to uh, a friend of mine Marcus McCauley I said, Marcus, I have this song that I wrote, you know, some time ago, and I keep going back and forth with it. Um, take it and see what you come up with. And he built uh, built this track that um, I felt finally clicked with the song. And we, you mm -hmm. know, went back to it. We tweaked it together. And um, then I re-recorded the vocals. And then I set it down. This is about a year and a half ago. And I was like, okay, wow. great. Now I got a song. And then I went on about life. And he would come back to me every now and then and be like, what are you going to do with the song? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to put it out. Don't worry. And then I would forget about it because, um, and I have to say this, I, even once I came around to doing music, I never wanted to be a front man. Like I did not want to be an artist. I was like, well, I love background singing. Let's get into arranging. Let's get into songwriting. Let's do all this stuff. But I don't want to be an artist. Um, so I was never hard pressed to put out, you know, music, solo music on my own. And then uh, COVID-19 hit, and then it kept going and kept going. And I was like, man, and the song popped up on like, uh, you know, I was doing like a shuffle in my iTunes and the song popped up. And I was like, man, if this ain't the weirdest hello reality we've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> and I called Marcus and I said, Marcus, I'm gonna put out the song. Like I can't imagine a more appropriate time to put out this song. Yes, yes. And so he uh, he mixed it and mastered it. Um, he also created the artwork for the digital release. And Beautiful. here's Hello Reality. <laughs> and you know what? When I listened to the song, it was not what I was expecting from you. Yeah. Anybody that has followed Sang and Sarah, as we call her, Sang and Sarah. We used to hear him Sang and Sarah sing R&B, gospel, jazz, mm -hmm. but baby, this is show enough pop. <laughs> yeah, it's um, you know, it's uh, it's pop with rock undertones. I yeah. am like, like I am, I you know, the sum of all parts, especially musically, and I'm a rocker at heart. I'd say that and people look at me like I'm weird um, because <laughs> definitely don't look like a rocker, but I'm a rocker at heart. I'm classically trained. I love yep. R&B. I'm a pastor's kid. So gospel is infused in my soul. I love jazz. So it's, I can't, I don't really fit into a box. And I think that not setting out to be an artist has been a blessing because I don't feel obligated to conform to something uh, to sell like this is just I'm putting it out there. This is my music. This is who I am. If you like it, that's awesome. If you don't, that's awesome too. Just don't <laughs> tell anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, right. Um, so that is me, and that is it's so funny. The um, a lot of the reviews that I got um, and comments, and some people love it, and some people hate it. But always the theme of this is not what I expected comes up, no matter what. Um, and I think that's cool because I think it reminds us, um, 
to be careful of our expectations, you know, because people are who they are and we see bits of people, but I think it's cool when we get to see another side. And so that is definitely another side. That's the vein that I write in for myself. And I love it. Kudos to you. Kudos, you. girlfriend, because when I play um, Hello Reality and I'm sitting there singing along, I'm like, yep, yep. When you said on my, when you fell on your arse. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. girl. <laughs> Hello, reality. <laughs> and you know what? I agree with you wholeheartedly. What better time to debut um, a single that talks about reality? Because this whole pandemic, you, you debuted this in the middle of the pandemic. This is a reality check for real, for real. Yep. Yep. Everybody everything. is like, is this my new reality? Is this my new normal? Yep. It's hit, and that's the crazy part. Left? This is hitting everybody. Like, usually something will happen and you can sort of conform it to one group. This right. pandemic is hitting everybody in the world. Like, you can't that's say, oh, that's your not. problem. That's your problem. No, this is right. all of our problem. And at the same time, mm -hmm. simultaneously, right? Yep. We all get it. Yep. Thank God we have not contracted it. <laughs> Every day is a blessing. Every day. Uh, every day. During this past summer, um, working with one of the organizations in San Francisco, I had to be on site a couple times a week um, at one of their facilities. Uh, and I was getting tested every two weeks. And every two weeks, it was, an, you know, another shout, another praise when I got that negative, you know, because right. the, the Bay Area was hit hard, you know, yeah. and just leaving your house gave, you know, you could come home with it and give it to your family. Yep. Well, you know, I was in Alabama when it first hit mm. in Birmingham, in the Magic City. And, you know, Alabama is nothing like California in terms of density and size and population. But it hit Alabama hard, too. And now I'm back in, you know, North Houston, in the Houston area. I tell people, I just had a, a friend who's in one of my favorite bands contact me. And they're like, when, when are you going to be booking people soon? I'm like, where, where are you trying to go? Well, Houston. I said, oh, no, baby, they're not allowing no stage events in Houston mm -hmm. because the numbers here are still off the chart. Mm -hmm. You know, I got, I, I I mean, I have one mask and then we have a box of those paper masks, but I'm starting to accumulate masks like I accumulate earrings. Oh, yeah. Matching them to our outfits. Girlfriend, <laughs> please. You understand? Yeah. This is real. It's a new, it's a new accessory, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, but I grab my mask, forget my keys. Life, you know? mm -hmm. It might save my life. So, you know, I want to put this out there because you made a post um, a day or two ago, and I pay attention, and I was very pleased to see you put out this post on Facebook, Instagram, social media platforms, um, requesting support of the Academy. Yeah. Now, what was that all about? So uh, the way that the Grammys work, for those who don't know, is that if you put out music within a certain time frame, you can um, submit it for consideration uh, for a Grammy nomination. 
And the way the considerations work is that voting members um, of the Grammys, and I am a voting member myself, um, voting members can go in, you can listen to music in different categories, and you can vote um, on songs in each of these categories um, for consideration for a nomination. And the top vote getters in each category become the Grammy nominees. Um, and so it's something that I'm proud of because I took a leap, you know, and um, that's big for me. I'm, I'm an introvert by nature. And so my, my nature is to fall back um, and to not be seen because I'm not, I don't like a lot of attention. Um, but, you know, you have to, uh, Lettucey says it all the time, you have to leap. You know, you have to leap. Yeah. Because um, if you never jump, then you're always stuck. So I submitted okay. Hello Reality. Um, and, you know, it's the hardest category because it is a pop song. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's where people like Taylor Swift and all those pop artists end up. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I still took the leap and I'm, I'm proud of that. Um, and so, yeah, if you are a voting member, of the Academy, please go take a listen to Hello Reality. It's in the category for best pop uh, solo performance. And it's there waiting for your vote. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I brought that up to um, help share it again because, you know, I shared it on Instagram. Um, I shared in the marketing um, promotional video yes. that I um, put out today and um, I just want other artists to also understand that you submitted this yourself. Yes. Yes. And I you're don't. not a part of the academy, so to speak. Yeah, I'm a voting member, but I'm not in the inner circle. Um, I'm not a governor. I don't have a label. Um, I don't work with a manager. I'm doing it myself. Um, and so I'm, you know, really proud of that. And there are a lot of artists from the Bay Area who have submitted music this year um, that I'm really excited about. Nate the Soul Singer, Nona Brown, yeah. uh, Agape Soul. Oh, Nona. Nona submitted Nona's this year well, as Nona's well. Nona's a voting member I know. That's Nona right. was from my church. Yes. Ministries Inc. in Oakland. Yes. So Nona submitted um, a song too? Yes, her project uh, that she released okay. last year. It's in multiple gospel categories. So again, if wow. you are a voter, check it out. Out. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, Sarah, um, I'm so blessed to have had the opportunity to finally chat with you. I'm sorry our first extended chat had to be public. <laughs> That's okay. But I feel I'm like I've sorry. just been talking to my good girlfriend, so I appreciate hey. it. <laughs> That's right, girl. We homegirls. Okay. You know, but I'm just so excited because you know, you're such a beautiful person inside and out, um, sister in Christ, child of God, but you are a giver. And through your gifts, you continue to give back. Music touches the soul, the very heart of people. What words can't do, instrumental music can by itself. And put with the right lyrics, any tune can be a blessing. Um, it changes lives, it changes mindsets, okay? It can change the tone of a person's day. Your single, Hello Reality, 
you need to post it and tag me in it. I don't know if you have a snippet where it can just roll without people Absolutely. having to click on YouTube. You guys, you know, she does have a YouTube page. And before I close out, I will ask you, Sarah, to share all of your um, social outlets so that people can subscribe, follow, like, and comment, please. Don't just view and skip over, okay? Let, let's really support here. Um, but I, I wanted to stream. I mean, I was like, how can I stream this? You know, because people, I post YouTube links all the time. People don't click. Yeah. You know, if you have something that you can tag Cara Jones in and my Instagram and we can stream it, let's stream it so we can get it out there, girlfriend. We'll do it. I will do it. Thank you so much. And I want to show appreciation for you for providing this platform, not just for me, but for so many artistics. You know, it's it's necessary. Often artists are a forgotten people um, because there are so many people who don't understand the value of what they are getting. Like, so how much goes into, I mean, how much is poured into the art um, that you're receiving. And so I appreciate you for lifting up the artist and for being an advocate, even as you are an artist yourself, because guys, I learned today that this is an organist. I did not know. So I just, I really appreciate you for lifting up other artists. And I, I want to do that publicly because I think that's so important. Thank you. I have to do this. This is a part of my calling. But I appreciate your words of encouragement and appreciation. And I will continue in this vein as God gives me outlet and strength and fortitude and finance. Amen. Amen. Hey, Finance God. Amen. <laughs> you know, um, you know, there's a saying that says it's a blessing to be a blessing. That's right. And there's an expression that I've coined in my post um, in the mornings when I have time and I haven't been having much time lately. But at the end of whatever I post, I'll say, have a good day. And I'll say, no, have a blessed day. And as always, be a blessing. Speaking to the good people. Yeah. And those not so good. Okay. But I appreciate what you said. And um, tell, tell everybody how they can follow you, sweetheart, and purchase your project. Thank you so much. I have made it as easy as I possibly can. I am singing Sarah on everything s-a-n-g-i-n-s-a-r-a that's instagram facebook twitter www.sangandsarah.com on itunes if you search sang and sarah i am the only one hello reality is available on itunes for purchase and streaming on spotify it is available on amazon music there's a lyric video on youtube as well if you'd like to check that out that was really fun to make again sang and sarah on youtube anywhere you want to find me Sang and Sarah. So if they want to book you, should they, how do they book you? www.sangandsarah.com. Go ahead and drop me a line in the contact information. And if you are interested in booking me, we can go from there. Wonderful, wonderful. Because I want to book you too. Um, thank you again, my dear, um, for accepting my invitation. Please, please continue to share your many gifts with the world. We love you. 
We appreciate you. We're behind you. Hard Jones Unlimited will be behind you. And I look forward to um, building a long lasting, worthy relationship with you. Um, before on, we man. close out, you know, of course, I want to thank everybody um, that viewed, will view, will listen and hear and share this um, featured interview with Sang and Sarah on the Unfiltered with Cara Jones Unlimited LLC podcast. Thank you so much for your continued interest and support. And I try to wear or um, adorn myself with purchases that I've made of people that I've worked with who supported Car Jones Unlimited. This evening, before I close out, I just want to give a shout out to um, Lashanice Fuqua. She is the owner of Beauty and Brains Teas um, out of the San Francisco Bay Area as well. She was one of my vendors at my touring panel discussion with live entertainment, The Lemonade Chronicles Part 2 on Chivalry, October 16th, um, what year was that, 2016, at the La Estrelita Cafe on International Boulevard in Oakland, California. This t-shirt, this and she does have many, it says, my melanin is beautiful. And I just want to thank her for supporting Car Jones Limited. I give back and I support those who support me as well as those who don't. And with that, we're going to um, blow kisses at St. and Sarah all the way to Southern California from Houston, Texas. And I am signing out on this probably 28th or 9th episode of Unfiltered with Cara Jones Unlimited LLC Podcast. Peace. Peace, everyone.